Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden right here in New York City. And AOC has been muzzled with a minute-long monologue because the Democrats are running a long con on America. It's a long game for the left. They don't just move the goalpost. They're always looking beyond the goalpost. Kamala Harris announced, along with Joe Biden, that she is going to be the VP pick, or I should say... That Joe Biden announced that Kamala Harris is going to be his VP pick. And yesterday they took to the stage and they had a few interesting things to say. But heck, the biggest question here to me is why did they pick him? So do me a favor. And I know we all love a good conspiracy theory every now and again. But let's take off our tinfoil caps right now and put on our thinking caps. Let's use logic and deductive reasoning just for a minute. We know from looking at the past that every presidential candidate wants a vice president for different things, usually to help them in states where they don't have popularity or gravitas or for a particular set of skills that they bring to the table. But we have to ask ourselves, why was it that former President Barack Obama was so slow in endorsing Joe Biden? Well, if you listen to this show, you know that's because early on we said that this would be the case. We said Kamala Harris was going to be the pick. At least that's what all the gossip that I got told me was that Obama's choice was Kamala Harris from the start. But she was a dud. All sizzle, no steak. What the left wants is another Obama. And I should probably restate that. What the Democrats want is another Obama. The establishment Democrats. Because the left, they really want a Bernie Sanders, an AOC, an Elizabeth Warren. But the Democrats know exactly what they want and what they need. And what that is, is another Barack Obama. A masterful propagandist and demagogue that comes across as passionate, thoughtful, and astute. Now, Warren, she's out because she attacked Wall Street. She came clean. She showed how far to the left she was. She couldn't mask her leftist views inside of centrist rhetoric. So she's out. Plus, if they take her, they'd lose a Senate seat. And I think that's something they really want. Now, Bernie clearly was their strongest candidate, but he isn't really their candidate. Bernie's never been a Democrat. He only caucuses with them for his own benefit. They know they can't count on him to be anything other than a radical leftist socialist. So they saw that while he had the strongest campaign, he would probably be beaten by Trump the easiest. Because by and large, people just don't like socialism. They don't want to see socialism in its raw form. It's got to be packaged the way it's packaged with AOC, the way it's packaged with Bernie Sanders. And even that only appeals to a small segment of the fringe. Even though it's a growing fringe, it's still just a segment of the fringe. Now, five years from now, that growing fringe might be the majority. But today, it just wouldn't work to win in 2020. So now we have to ask ourselves, who is they? Who are these people? Well, if we look at the DNC committee, and I think I mentioned in the last episode that good old Clinton campaign chair, Obama aide, and Bill Clinton chief of staff, John Podesta, who recently did the war game scenario on this whole election and how they could drag it out with a recount and legal battle, he is on the DNC's convention committee. Now, we know his MO. We know how this guy operates. Donna Brazil, she's still in the mix as well. These are all the same people that sabotaged Bernie Sanders last time around. So while they have different candidates today with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris... It's the same players behind the scenes. And this is why they're throwing a bone to AOC. Now, AOC, who I've nicknamed All Out Crazy, she is Bolshevik Bernie Sanders' attack dog. 
She's his Che Guevara. So they gave her a speaking role at the convention. And we'll get to a little bit more on that in a second. But I think their overall strategy here is to take out Trump through politics rather than through the ballot box. And what I mean by that is the left knows they can't beat him right now. They've realized the momentum that Trump has unleashed. Yesterday, I uh, was on the phone with a buddy of mine. He's a radio host in Detroit, Michigan. His name's Brandon Bryce. He's an independent with conservative leanings. And we were talking, and he's telling me, you know, even Ed Rendell realizes, you know, DNC chair, or I should say uh, the, the chair of the Democrat Party in Pennsylvania, former governor Ed Rendell, even he admits that they can't win with the strategy that they're using, with the candidates that they're using. But they're still using these candidates. Why? They know they're going to lose. Their strategy is not to win in November because winning in November is not a deal that they have on the table. Now, if I'm the DNC guys, Podesta and those guys, Brazil et al., with some money from a few money sources, I say, how can we start the impeachment right now? And they're like, didn't we try that already? Yeah, listen, we'll do it again. This time we would have had it if we had the Senate. So let's get somebody from the Senate who's rough, who's a prosecutor, who's going to go out there and indict the president. For the next three months, this person is going to indict Trump. Their goal isn't to win. Their goal is to indict him in the court of public opinion so that when they take the Senate, if they do, they can clinch the deal to impeach President Trump. When I ask my buddy, who initially wasn't a Trump supporter, Brandon Bryce, and he says his thoughts on Kamala Harris are, quote, oh, you mean Joe and Kamala, a.k.a. the mass incarceration ticket? When people that lean conservative say things like that, you know you're in bad shape to win. So I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but I do think I'm right. I do think that Biden's going to lose, whether it's through a legal challenge that he fails on or through the electoral college that he fails on. He's not going to win. He's not going to become president of the United States. He's going to complain. He's going to call Trump a racist. He's there to keep the old guard Democrats that like a guy like Joe, that campaigns holding a rosary. Hopefully, good old lunch bucket Joe can help them hold on to blue-collar Catholic voters. I don't know if it's going to work, but I think that's their hope. And then to bring in what they always bring in, right? I mean, they're always talking about we want this and we want that. We want the most diverse candidate. I mean, they had their opportunity. They had Cory Booker. They had Kamala Harris, and they were rejected. They had Julian Castro. He was rejected. The Democrats have continually rejected people of color only to continue to prop them up and say, we want people of color, only to nominate an old white guy. This makes the left mad. So that's why when I'm looking at this New York Post article and a similar article that Mr. Producer sent me from Ryan Savidra on AOC being muzzled, and limited to a minute-long monologue at the DNC convention, which is going to be online. Like I said, they're throwing her a bone. They're saying, all right, we're going to let the lefties in, but you're only going to have a minute. So you can give your Castro-like speech, but it's only going to be a minute long, which I'm sure will include wealth inequality. Anyway, they could separate us, right? You know, so say, you know, what about the injustice against the LGBTQ, injustice against black lives, injustice against the haves and the have-nots? And she'll continue to cry. Or what about the future? What about the kids? What about Greta Thunberg? Twelve years. Ah! Whatever. We're going to hear a minute of AOC's whining, a minute of AOC's all-out craziness, and then it's going to be on to Kamala, on to Joe. Hiding Joe Biden. They have to play ball with Rashida Tlaib. They have to play ball with Ilhan Omar. They have to play ball with AOC. Maybe maybe they have to play ball with Ayanna Presley too, but I don't think so. I think they just needed her to have a black American so they wouldn't get chided for being racist. She's not as vocal as the others. And she's, in my opinion, not even as left-leaning. But speaking of radicals, we know that the Bernie bros said that they would torch the cities, that they would burn the cities down, right? We know that. They've threatened and threatened and threatened, and they've delivered. They also know that they can get away with a lot. They'll keep doing it until the executive branch will use the Insurrection Act. And so far, they haven't used the Insurrection Act to restore law and order. So they continue to test those boundaries each and every day that goes by. Now, speaking of radicals, 
You won't believe some of the audio that I'm going to play in the next segment. So keep it locked right here because we're going to hear from Black Lives Matter radicals like Sean King and others, as well as the real October surprise. Straight ahead. I'm Rich Valdez, and you're listening to This Is America. This is America. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to do it than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to be at the forefront of fighting and curing deadly diseases, developing and using tools and technologies the world doesn't even know exist, or defending your country, fighting disasters, and seeking adventure across the globe, the Army is where all of that can happen, and so much more. The U.S. Army is a team of a million unique and powerful individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world, and to win. Nowhere else on earth provides you with the training and experience and purpose you can find with the Army. Because no other team has so many people around the globe with the goal of making the world safer, the country stronger, and the future of their communities better. If you're looking to secure a future for you and your family, ask yourself, what's your warrior? And go to GoArmy.com to find out. Over 150 jobs one calling find your future visit goarmy.com slash nyc this is america all right america welcome back i am rich valdez with an s rich valdez that's at rich valdez on twitter at rich valdez on instagram at rich valdez on parlor don't forget to check out parlor that's our free speech platform where really you can say just about anything you want. I have a tough time even blocking the radicals. That's how free this place is. But go check out parlor.com. Now, speaking of the uh, free speech, one person that has no problem being very free in his speech is Sean King. Now, you guys know Sean King. Some people call him Talcum X. Some people call him Martin Luther Cream. I'm not going to call him any of those things because I think that's offensive. And I really don't think it's – I mean, there's so many things we can make fun of him for. We don't have to do that. But he recently made some new headlines again because uh, while many people think he's just a grifter and that he doesn't really really um, care about the cause of Black Lives Matter, that he just likes to cash in on it as an activist, he was – kind of blasted for being inauthentic yesterday. He was trending on Twitter because of some comments that he made. And I'm pulling up a screenshot that I have in my phone. They compared side-by-side comments from November of 2018 to August of 2020. And here's what he said initially. I'll be frank and tell you, two Democrats that I'm 99% sure I won't be supporting primarily because of their dismal history on criminal justice reform over the course of their entire careers Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. They both helped build and advance mass incarceration. That was two years ago. But lo and behold, Biden picks her and Mr. King has changed his tune because guess what? If he sits this one out in protest, he can't be a grifter. Now he says, that's it for me. I'm incredibly proud to see a brilliant black woman and HBCU grad chosen as a vice presidential nominee. I've done political work my whole life. It's rarely things dreams are made of. Kamala Harris is the most progressive VP nominee in American history. Wow. Black and white. No pun intended. Totally black and white. Night and day. I'll never support them. 99% sure. Hey, guess what? That 1%, I just walked into it. I'm Sean King. I'm black. No, I'm white. No, I'm black. No, I'm this. I'm that. Come on, man. Come on, man. That's uh, Joe Biden. So I'm working on my Biden routine. Mr. King decided to give an interview to Newsweek to talk about his complete 360. Check this out. Newsweek.com. Black Lives Matter activist Sean King explains his change of heart about Kamala Harris after the California senator was chosen as Joe Biden's running mate. Telling them, quote, I can only speak for myself, but when I harshly critique leaders, it's with the hope that they'll grow and evolve. Kamala has done so in very specific ways on issues of justice. And this is something that he tweeted. He also said, I'll remain a critic, but I'm nothing but glad to see the growth. Is what it is. Whatever that means. So 99%, no Kamala, no Biden. 2018. 100% count me in, Sean King for Biden, Sean King for Kamala Harris. I got to tell you, this guy changes his mind on a lot of things. Whether it's his race, 
whether it's his position on the issues, specifically his position on the issues as they relate to these vice presidential picks. The guy is sloppy. Sloppy Sean King. Sorry to hear it. I mean, I wish I could say that this guy was on point, but he's not. He's just another fake, another phony, and another fraud, like so many of the rest of them. Speaking of Black Lives Matter radicals, I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw a video from Terrence K. Williams, the comedian, that was shared by my buddy Bernard McGurk, Bernie from Bernie and Sid on WABC in New York City. And I was watching it and I said, wow. I mean, I watched this thing for like 10 or 12 minutes and I was blown away at some of the things that I saw in the video. Now, some of the audio does, it just doesn't work for, for radio, but some of it does. So let me describe to you some of the things that I saw. It starts with a black woman trying to drive through a road, you know, through the street, and there's a cop trying to get people out of the way because the Black Lives Matter activists are on skateboards and they're just pulling up in front of her, blocking her from being able to drive until ultimately, I guess their leader comes, rolls in on his skateboard, he taps the front of her car. And he starts telling people, all right, hold on, relax. He tells the cop to get out of the way, that he's got this under control, kind of bumps the cop on his shoulder as he's doing so. He's got a megaphone in his hand. He starts yelling at everybody. And by this time, the thing's escalated. The, The driver, she pops her head out the window, and she's like, I will F you up. Get out of my way. And she's really mad, and rightfully so. And she's trying to get through, and she's honking the horn, and there's all sorts of noise. And lo and behold, she's getting into it with the most belligerent agitator there, a white woman that's in her face. So now what is Black Lives Matter to do when a white woman is yelling at a black woman and stopping her from driving in the name of Black Lives Matter? Well, here's what they're going to do. Their boss took to his megaphone and had this to say. Check this out. Listen up! What's that situation? that situation just happened we cannot have no matter what happens our white community our white allies cannot yell at a black female no a black woman we cannot no matter what the situation is we are going to de-escalate it peacefully a white woman escalated the situation after the fact, after we got everything handled. Please do not come out here as a white ally and start bullshit. Do not make us look bad in the media. I understand she almost hit a protester. Let me take care of it. Let me get in front of the car. Let me tell her to f*** off. Now, if that wasn't bad enough, this guy continues running his mouth explaining that the police don't need millions of dollars in budget money because they don't do counterterrorism. They don't do all sorts of things. They should just have an SUV. That's all they really need. This is the same guy that sat there and told the BLM white people, white allies, that they're not allowed to talk to black people unless they're nice or something to that effect. You heard it. I mean, it's asinine. It's almost you're not allowed to speak. Now they're showing their true colors on censorship. They don't want the cops and they don't want white people speaking to black people. It's a little more. We have a little more oh, heavy bit of police presence. We have no idea who the f*** invited you, but you are not invited to this protest. You are not welcome here. We don't fucking need you to keep us safe. We keep us safe. We don't need you. Defunding the police is taking away their BMW motorcycles, their 300 Bob, their 300k Bobcats um, that they use for like riots gear, and giving them SUVs, simple tools that they can just do their job with. They don't need overpriced like the latest equipment to stop like like bad guys. Like they did it in the 60s with simple tools, and they can do it with the simple means. Like now, I get it. Everything's advancing, crimes advancing, but it, you guys don't need a 300 million dollar budget or an 18 million dollar budget. Not, not at all. All I can say is wow. I mean, who would have thought that we'd live in a day and age where you just can't be yourself, you can't talk to anybody, everything is seen through the lens of racism. You've got to put your racism glasses on in order to live life. You've got to go to the store and, are you black, are you brown, are you indifferent? I don't know if I could talk to you. Are you binary, are you this, are you that? Come on. De verdad, this is like locura, for real. I'm not that old. I remember a time where we were able to hang out with one another and enjoy each other's cultures. 
and joke around with them. I grew up with a kid that was Indian. For months on end, including him, we were talking Indian accent because it was funny. We weren't making fun of his parents. We were enjoying their really unique accents because they were really, really like eclectic international folks. Indian by background, but born in different parts of the world. His mother was born in Vietnam. She was Indian, raised in London. She had a beautiful accent. And they're beautiful people. But we enjoyed it. It was just fun. And they would do it with me. My, my, my father really talked like this. And he didn't talk a lot. Quick to throw the fist, you know what I mean, man? I mean, that was my dad, and we had fun with him. I still have fun with him. God rest his soul, but with his accent. Living life with so many of his popular refrains, like, Mata el perro y se acaba la rabia. He applied that to everything. That guy's bothering you? Knock him out. You got an itch? Pour a little beer on it. I mean, you name it. <laughs> Mosquito bites? He could fix everything. Vaporub, a little bit of Vicks vapor rub on everything. But today, now you have to live life through the lens of racism. These guys use this divide-and-conquer technique to pit one person against another or one group versus another to split you so you, they can turn you against each other every way and any way they can, including within themselves. Later in this same video that I saw on Facebook from Bernard McGurk, it shows the BLM people surrounding an open-air cafe, I guess a restaurant that shut down due to blue state governors wielding the iron fist of government in the name of safety, destroying lives and careers, incomes and livelihoods. And these people, there's some white people drinking beers, there's other people, it's, it's a mixed bag. They're outside and they get surrounded by these people with their fists in the air, signs in one hand, fists in the other. Others are holding bicycles and umbrellas and, of course, bullhorns. And there's this guy, he looks like he works at Foot Locker. He's got like a referee jersey on, black and white striped shirt. And I'm guessing he's like, you know, from the accent, black, Hispanic, and gay, because he starts off talking about the LGBTQ, and I don't know if I could say this on the radio, but he has like a gay accent, if you will. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm pretty sure I'll get in trouble for that one. But anyway, he's there, and he starts telling them, if you are an ally of the LGBTQ community, you must raise your fist in the air. If you support black lives and you love black people, put your fist in the air. If you not only just support us, but support what we're all about, put your fist in the air. And he continues to go down these list of demands. And as you watch this video, people are like, I don't know if I support all that. I mean, BLM, okay, fist in the air, got you. But when it gets down to, oh, snap, you could see them beginning to cringe at what he's saying. But they're afraid to put their hands down now because they're like, oh, my gosh, I'll be outed. And that's exactly his plan. And he ends up by saying these people that don't have their hands up, they just might be the ones that end up voting for Trump. Listen to this. Black people are dying in the you're just woke, you truly believe that you love black people, I ask you to raise your fist up in the air, and look around you, the people that have not raised their fist, and ask the question, ask the question, why can you afford the stand and native land?
just like the woman driving the Range Rover, where they got into a big thing because one of the Black Lives Matter allies who happened to be white argued with the black woman driving the car. The whole mob turned on that person, just like this guy holding this restaurant hostage. Because, again, these people are paying money to drink beers, to eat food, to have a good time with their friends, not to have a bunch of protesters come around them and start a demonstration right outside, asking them to put their hand in the air when they're trying to grab a fork and eat something. This is bad for business, economic terrorism. But this is their right. While it may be wrong, in my opinion, to do that, they should have a demonstration somewhere else, not at the expense of this business that has paid for advertising, has paid for the marketing, has paid to have staff, table service, to put the tables there, the canopies, the umbrellas, all of that. To create this audience, if I were them, I would get some bushes, make it a little taller. At least they can hear the noise and I have to see the noise because I'm not going to build an audience and then have somebody else benefit from it for free. That'd be like letting everybody come in and talk on This Is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Heck, this is my show. Anyway, this is a more militant wing of BLM, of the left, of Antifa, of whatever we're calling them nowadays. And yes, some parts of it are interrelated or, I guess, interchangeable, but there are differences, clearly. But this group, the They Them Collective, they start segmenting people even further, asking the protesters to self-segregate amongst themselves. And after this whole scene, they keep marching. And the next step of the video, and it's probably like a half hour video, but by this part of it, I was like, man, I don't know how much more of this I can take. It gets me angry. It gets me upset. It gets me um, frustrated to think this is the world I live in. I mean, thank God it's not happening everywhere, but like any fire, it starts, it smolders, there's embers, there's sparks. Eventually, it engulfs the entire structure. It's a full-blown inferno. And these guys will divide and conquer people until they burn down everything in America. Here's one last bit of audio. I hope you're not bored by this because I found it to be just really telling. And I know so many of you don't get paid to produce a radio show or talk on the radio and you have a job to do and you have to go somewhere and do it. And while you're commuting, that's when you listen to me. And I appreciate that. So I try to put as much of what's pertinent into the podcast so that you don't have to go searching for this stuff and that you are aware of what's going on. This part in particular, this same dude, Footlocker, I'm going to call him Captain Footlocker, with his uh, long hair and the bullhorn and the striped referee shirt, he's now getting into it with, I don't know if they're a couple, but two gay guys that are on the sidewalk and he's in the street and they're arguing. And there's a woman in between trying to break it up and they start arguing and he, they're like chastising the gay couple who's there supporting them for I don't know what, but you'll hear it in the audio. And ultimately, then another guy comes, tall black guy, and he th just starts screaming, then come over here. To and he wasn't screaming, come over here then to fight with them. He meant stand with us in solidarity. But the reality was there were hundreds of people in the street, on the sidewalk. Everybody was there for this demonstration. This wasn't um, just people walking down the block. And this gay, the gay guy, he, uh, he really gave the BLM people a piece of his mind. Listen to this. We're on your fucking side, and you're treating us like this. We're on your fucking side, and you're treating us like this. I'm fucking gay. Bring your ass out here with us. Bring your ass out here with us. Then. Bring your ass out here with us. Then. I face discrimination every fucking day, motherfucker. No, you don't. No, you don't. Fuck off. You have your rainbow hat. Yep. Divide and conquer. Self-segregate, segment the population, whatever wording you want to use. 
This is Marx. Split us up into classes, the lower income class, the middle income class, the higher earner income class, however you want to phrase it. While they're collectivists at heart, they'll strategically use individualism to split us up, never really realizing that ultimately you will split up and self-segregate into so many pieces that you're right back at individualism. That's why that stuff doesn't work. Now, straight ahead, there's a new poll out from Telemundo and BuzzFeed News, two of the most credible sources I've ever seen. And they're saying that Hispanics are afraid to vote because they think Trump is going to cheat. Keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This is America. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. This is America. Bienvenido America. Welcome back, America. I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, right here, New York City, 17 floors above the garden. And it gives me such a unique view of what's going on around here. It really, really does. I love to be in the city and I love the listeners. I get such great feedback from you guys, so I really want to just thank you for that and for the growth in podcast listenership that we just had. We just moved up seven points in that top 200 list on Chartable.com, and that's in their Apple political podcast chart, so we thank you for that. Couldn't have done it without you. And it was really cool to see that we were, I think, at what number 175, and number 172 was the Hannity monologues. So not too bad of a thing to be trailing a couple of podcasts away from uh, the Hannity monologues. But that being said, thank you. Gracias. For real. To everybody. Now, as I was saying, Univision and BuzzFeed have a new poll. Check out this headline. Young Latino voters say they're excited to vote, but they're nervous Trump supporters will cheat. A two-sentence headline. That's a rarity. But again, it's BuzzFeed. Listen to this. A survey conducted by Telemundo and BuzzFeed found young Latino voters feel both excited and nervous about the presidential election. The National Survey of Latino Voters between the ages of 18 and 34 said they would definitely be voting in the upcoming election and that they're fired up but nervous about the outcome of the race between Trump and Biden. 64% of young Latinos said they would definitely vote in the upcoming election and that they were feeling nervous about the race. 57% of young voters said that they were feeling fired up about the race and 52% said that they were feeling nervous. The poll also found that non-white young voters overwhelmingly support Biden's campaign. 60% of young Latino voters, 75% of which are young non-Hispanic black voters, and 72% of which are non-Hispanic Asian voters, said that they would vote for Biden. 40% of young non-Hispanic white people said they would vote for Trump compared to the 48% who said they would vote for Biden. Now, while they're more enthusiastic, 53% of these voters said they believe Biden will win, 52% that they think Trump will be reelected. Oh, wow, look at that. There's only a separation of 1% when the voters were asked who is likely to win the presidential election. Listen to this again. 53% of voters said they believe Biden will win and 52% said that they think Trump will be reelected. That's a large majority. 73% of young Latino Biden supporters said they believe that Trump supporters would cheat to win the election. While 51% of Trump supporters said Biden supporters would cheat. That means the fake news media is doing a great job planting seeds of doubt amongst the voting populace. By and large, this goes to show you BuzzFeed and Telemundo. Telemundo is owned by NBC Universal, CNBC, MSNBC, NBC News. We're talking Rachel Maddow. (laughs) We're talking about Brian Williams, people that have made stuff up and been caught making it up. What's the other guy? Lawrence O'Donnell, who had to give an apology a couple of months back when he made stuff up about Trump. NBC News. I mean, I think they have a horrible reputation in the news game. In fact, I don't even consider them to be in the news game. I'd say CBS News has been hanging steadily, you know, bringing people on. They they have Catherine Herridge now. And again, nobody's perfect. At least they're trying to show some semblance of balance. Fox News. I mean, you've got the DNC chair working there. Want to talk about balance? That's balance. Donna Brazil on the same network as a guy like Sean Hannity? I think that's pretty fair, but I digress. 
This is really interesting to me because when was the last time you saw me or anybody like me on Telemundo? Now, it's likely that you haven't seen NBC, Telemundo, MSNBC present the news in a way that's fair and balanced because they always do it in a one-sided way. They have for a very long time. I haven't been on any of those networks for like 15 years. I think the last time I was on Telemundo was in 2005 as I debated somebody who was delivering the response in Spanish and I was delivering the response in Spanish from the Republican perspective following President Bush's State of the Union address in 2005. That was the last time I got invited on a network like that. They don't like me. I don't know why, but they don't. Now, Univision, who I mentioned earlier, they used to be a little bit more friendly. They were more independent, but I'm talking 10 years ago, maybe even 15 years ago. Now they've got Jorge Ramos, and he uses all of his trashing energy for Trump to make Trump into some sort of monster. And again, some people eat it up. Some people are smarter than that. I think most are smarter than that. Which brings me to another New Yorker, New Yorker magazine, Equipo Trump. The president's brazen attempt to win over Latino voters. Listen to that again. Equipo Trump. The president's brazen attempt to win over Latino voters. And that's by Stefania Taladrid. What's wrong with this headline? I get it. It's probably an opinion piece so they can get away with that. But the point is, what's wrong with a brazen attempt to win over? Why are they couching it in terms that connote something sinister or evil? Like Trump shouldn't win over all groups of people? All Americans should not be – I mean, isn't that what a campaign is about? You go out there and you say, hey, this is what I stand for. Look at my record. I just don't understand the media sometimes. I do understand them, but I guess every now and again they get me. They make me realize even more that they never had our best interest in mind ever. They don't want to inform us. My goal, to entertain and to inform, to give my opinion through entertainment and information, through the spoken word, through audio. This is why I don't really use YouTube much, although I might. And let me know, by the way, quick poll for anybody that's listening. And I know we get about, I think it's close to 30,000 people per episode. Um, let me know. I want to know what's going on. Should we be integrating Instagram Live, YouTube Live, Facebook Live, a video component? Is that something that you care for? Is that something you do on your commute? When do you listen? I don't know. Just tag Mr. Cemento or me in, in an email or I should say a, a tweet or a parlay, parlay, I don't know how they say that, uh, in a parlor post or on Facebook, let us know at Rich Valdez with an S or at Rich Cementa. That's also with an S, S-E-M-E-N-T-A. And let us know because we want to know what is on your mind when it comes to video and how we can expand the show and give you more. With that being said, back to this article. It says, on June 23rd, Donald Trump visited Arizona to celebrate the completion of 200 miles of wall along the U.S.-Mexico border. And while they're beating him up for talking about the wall, they want to beat him up about corona cases reaching an all-time high. I and mean, we've talked about the corona cases and how they were fraudulently reported in Florida. And again, you get one or two outlets that say, oh, by the way, that news that was reported about the coronavirus in Florida, it was wrong. They only counted positive cases. They didn't count any negative cases. So it shot the numbers way up. Nobody cares. Crickets. Nobody cares about the correction to the record. They only care about the fake news. But back to the article. They continue saying, Two weeks later, President Andrés Manuel López Obrador, also known as AMLO, the president of Mexico, boarded a commercial flight en route to the United States Capitol. His decision to visit Trump in the midst of a pandemic and a fraught economic election spurred criticism on both sides of the border. Many argued that Trump could reap political benefits from the meeting at a time when he is hoping to pull Latino voters away from Joe Biden, especially in battleground states like Florida, Arizona, and Texas. And they go on to say that his polling averages are plummeting, but remain steady amongst Latinos. Now, what I find interesting is the reason it's steady amongst Latinos is because it's actually growing with Latinos. And whatever they want to report, again, nobody is calling Rich Valdez knocking on my door. Hey, what do you think about Trump? Nobody asked me my opinion. I give you my opinion, loud and clear, right here, this is America. But nobody's asking. Nobody's calling me for a poll. I will tell them the truth. So I get people telling me, hey, listen, when I get polled, I lie. I tell them Biden because I want to surprise him in November. All right, if you want to play those games, that's up to you. I'll tell you the truth. I'm with Trump. I think Trump's done positive things for Hispanics, for the Latinos in America, for the black people in America, for the Chinese people. I don't care what color you are. If you're American, I think Trump's done something positive for our country 
and we've all reaped the reward of that benefit. This isn't about race, but if you want to break it down into those types of segments, okay, I get it. That's that's how the Democrats do politics, and ultimately that's how politics is. It's marketing's that way. Everybody's segmented. I get it. The point I'm making is that this article goes on and on and on to just beat on the president. In Trumpian fashion, the president took full political advantage of the visit. Hours after the two leaders spoke in the Rose Garden, Trump tweeted a campaign-style video of Lopez Obrador hailing him and his record. Snippets from Trump's remarks mixed with triumphant music narrated the footage. Quote, today we celebrate the historic victory we achieved together just days ago when NAFTA was officially terminated and replaced with a brand new, beautiful USMCA, says Trump. All right, still working on my Trump impression, but what's wrong with that? I thought that's what you did when you were president. You did good things for your country, and when you do a good job, you let everybody know, especially when you know there's a hostile media that literally feels their job is to expose you in every way possible so that the American people won't be duped. Not, let me give you a chance. Not, let's see what you're about. Not, let me just say, hey, Trump, walk down the block. Instead, Trump walked down the block in an apparent violation of social distancing norms. Uh, Mr. Trump also had the mask in his hand and did not put it on his face. Some say that there's a concern amongst his Secret Service detail that he may be walking too closely and may occasionally sneeze. I mean, this is how the media treats Trump, and it's wrong. Who's done that? Then from there, sentence two and three are going to be about his wife and about his kid and about everybody else. It's not about America. It's not about doing what's right and reporting the facts. They're out to destroy, just like the Democrats are. And Univision is one of the biggest offenders. Telemundo's right there with them. The New Yorker goes after the campaign. Quote, Equipo Trump is the official bilingual Twitter account of the president's re-election campaign. In recent days, the account tweeted a warning in Spanish that a possible Joe Biden vice president pick, Karen Bass, would adopt policies of appeasement towards Venezuelan ruler Nicolás Maduro and Cuban ruler Raúl Castro. It wished Peruvians a happy Independence Day. Well, hold on a second. Should we not be worried about people that are soft on socialism, that are sympathetic to communism, like Miss Bass? If you think something that Raúl Castro did is good, I got a problem with you, and I don't want you anywhere near my government. If you think what Nicolás Maduro is doing right now in Venezuela is good for those people, or good for any human, I'm going to take a hard pass on you. No thanks. Gracias, pero no. Estamos bien. We don't want you. No bueno. This is bad news. And then, how sinister. It also wished Peruvians a happy Independence Day. How dare they wish the Peruvians a happy Independence Day. The Democrats have been hispandering forever. But if Trump does something to attract Latinos, all of a sudden, it's the end of the world. It's like the left hasn't realized that Trump is the ultimate troll master. He can troll better than the best trolls on Twitter. He's great at it. I mean, when his campaign scooped up the domain name todoscombiden.com, that means we're all with Biden. And this is in the article. It says that you'll find a photograph of Pres uh, Vice President Biden looking downward with his arms crossed and an announcement in both English and Spanish. Oops, Joe forgot about Latinos. <laughs> At the bottom, there's a link that says, vamos, let's go, and redirects visitors to the Latinos for Trump webpage. <laughs> That's awesome. How could you not love that? And they did that last year, but I thought it was terrific, and it's in the article, so worth mentioning. The article goes on and on and on, and that's all you're going to see in the media is trying to hit Trump where it hurts, right? So they're like, oh, wow, you're not losing Hispanic support? Hmm, maybe that's because Biden doesn't give a damn. Biden is telling the Puerto Rican door-to-door -door canvassers for the Democrats, no thanks, don't go to the Puerto Ricans in Orlando. I'm guessing their polling has told them that they are not so uh, ambivalent to Trump and that they might be sympathetic to Trump, so they may be too hard to win over. So the Biden campaign's already figured out, we're not going to invest money to win over Democrats that may have defected to the Trump campaign. Those that have made what they call hashtag Lexit, the Latino exit from the Democrat Party, or at least for this election. They're already cutting their losses. Snip, snip. No, thank you. We're going to keep going after what we want to go after. If we've lost Latinos, as my dad would say, que se joda. I hope I could say that on the radio. Forget about it, let's say. They're not interested. Not interested in Latinos at all. 
yet they're jealous of Trump making inroads with Hispanics. My mom had a saying for this. No hace ni deja hacer. You don't do and you won't let someone else do it either. Biden is a hater. The left are a bunch of haters. They're jealous of Trump. And you could see it in the numbers, in their own polling. The left, in my opinion, is running scared. They're going to see some growth in the largest minority group, which are Hispanics. And this is the first time Hispanics have ever been this size of a voting block. It's always been African-Americans. The black vote has always been bigger. Now, some are going to argue and say, well, that's because of all the illegal immigration, Rich. You shouldn't be so excited about that. All these illegal immigrants are going to be voting for Biden. So the fact that there's more Hispanics is not good for Trump. Eh, I say wrong. I didn't just get here. I was born in New York. There's so many like me. I just happen to have a big mouth. But the rest of them, they're part of the silent majority. When my guy out in Portland, of all places, his wife happens to be a fan of this show and contacted me on social media. I don't think I've shared this on the air. And she says, hey, big fan of your show. I've been getting all my friends to listen. And I've been dying to get my husband to listen. And he finally listened and he says, hey, I know that guy. And she goes, I know. He's kind of relatable. You really feel like you know him. No. He says, I know that guy. Went to high school with him. Turns out, dude I know from high school, from back in the day, good dude. Actually cut his hair a couple of times. Him and his brother. He's out in Portland now. And he's telling me everywhere he looks, left, right, and center, despite what we see on the news, he keeps telling me the silent majority is real and growing every day. There is such an underground movement of people that are with Trump. And again, being with Trump is not necessarily being with Trump. And I'm not trying to take anything away from the president. I give kudos to the president. But my point is there are so many people that just feel disenfranchised and they are now disaffected. They don't want anything to do with where their party, the blue collar union worker party, is taking them. They feel like, I just want to go to work and raise my family. And meanwhile, these people want to burn down buildings and lock up the president and do crazy things that I'm just not into that. And with the advent of YouTube and the Internet, which Al Gore invented, apparently, I say that jokingly, the message is getting out faster and faster and faster of how sinister people on the left are. People are now really looking at politics from a new level. People that didn't care about politics now care about it because there's so much information out there. And they're like, you know what? I was always an alien conspiracy theorist and I love the alien stuff, but now the alien stuff coincides with politics. Or I was always into this kind of conspiracy theory or that one. And true or false, that is irrespective of the facts. Quite frankly, these people have been taken. They have been taken by these videos. They buy this stuff, hook, line, and sinker. And these people vote. There are plenty of Americans like me, proud Americans of Hispanic heritage that are going to be pulling a lever for Trump. And if they stop me from pulling the lever, I'm voting by mail. Sadly, that may be my state of affairs in New Jersey. But we're going to fight like hell to do what we've got to do and do the right thing. And Biden does, in fact, have a Latino problem. And I posted that on Parler earlier today and somebody tells me, full stop, I disagree. He has a problem overall. And I'm not sure if that came from him trying to check me and say, look, don't try and segment it into Hispanics or Latinos. He's got a problem with every American. All right, that's fine if you want to do that. But I always try to bring the news from my perspective, my opinion on the news as somebody that grew up eating rice and beans, that knows that side of the fence, just like everybody else uses their background to form their opinions. But whatever the case is, Biden doesn't have this problem amongst whites. Left-leaning white people, they're in with Biden. The real problems with Hispanics. He's going to get the blacks. He's got Clyburn and so many top surrogates. Problem is, AOC, Julian Castro, these people are not real surrogates for the, in his words, diverse Hispanic Latino community. And he's right about that. And he knows that. That's why all he can do is applaud them and cut his losses because he's not going to do as well as he expected to do. And he's already way behind in all the polls where Clinton was at this point. And we talked about that on the last edition of This Is America. So my final question for you before we go, why is it that only one side knows how to organize? Why is it that only one side is marching in the streets? And a big shout out to all the back the blue rally people. I see a lot of that going on and that stuff is awesome. I definitely support that. 
But I want to know why isn't there a single patriot right now, a retired military vet that has the time and is willing to hold up a sign outside of Nancy Pelosi's office or outside of Nancy Pelosi's house or Adam Schiff's house or his office for that matter. A sign saying these people are criminals, a sign saying that they're treasonous. Where is the protest from the patriots? Why do so many Americans choose to do nothing? Why are so many of us afraid of the mob? Or is it that we're afraid of something else? My question to everyone here is, do you have a First Amendment right like they do? I don't know if it was the Rasmussen poll or another one that just came out. 79% of the people say that they want their kids to go back to the school. Why aren't parents marching in mass? Why is it that there's only one side of this argument, one group of Americans that knows how to get a thousand people in a street? Imagine a thousand people outside of Pelosi's house, a thousand people outside of her office. By day two, by day five, by day 10, there might be 10,000 people. What happened to the Tea Party that came out in such strong numbers? Trump is doing his part. We all need to do ours. And I'm no different. I realize that the silent majority is silent for a reason. They don't want to get involved. They want to mind their business. So I guess what I'm ranting about right now is, please, silent majority, please be a little less silent, a little more vocal, a little bit more aggressive. Don't be afraid anymore. They're not afraid. And as long as you allow a bully to continue to bully you and be afraid, and as long as you allow somebody to be the only person that can dominate a conversation while you sit there and nod, they're going to continue to convince more and more people that they're right because there's no pushback. Nobody here elected politicians to take to the streets to fight for what is ours. That's our job. We can't trust politicians to do that. We have to do our job. That's my final thought. Hasta la próxima, America. Until the next time, America, I leave you with two admonitions. Hamilton, if you stand for nothing, you fall for anything. Sir Edmund Burke, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to do nothing. So do something. Future generations of Americans are counting on you right now. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.